It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is Jay Harwood's the latest edition of Amazing Metal on my podcast. My special guest is Lorraine Hamilton. Lorraine, I did some research. You must have started with the Metsy when you were 14, I guess, right? I believe I was, Because yes. we worked together in 1980s. You had to be like 14 or 15, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. <laughs> I had just gotten my working papers. But yeah. And, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it but was I can tell you this. Without Lorraine's help, I never would have made it through my first couple of years with the Mets, without a doubt. Do you remember the days back at Shea? The, we said Xerox the notes and, and I do. In fact, when I first started, we didn't even Xerox them. We had um, something else, a mimeograph machine. Right. I think that could be in the uh, Metz Museum now, as a in the classic collection. And then we moved to a copier, which was progress. We, we upgrade. You know, City Field is great, but it was something about shaded. I still miss. Yeah. You miss Shea, you know, I mean. I do. I mean, the offices were, it was very 80s. It was kind of like Mad Men. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody, uh, we had a switchboard. We had switchboard operators that had a Pat board. Pat Nethel. Pat Nethel. I mean, it was really like a mom and pop shop, yeah. and it was a lot of fun. It a lot was tied, but a I lot mean, of I, characters, yeah. and a lot of fun. Yeah, well, mutual friend never made it to City. Uh, Jimmy Plummer, for me, was Mr. Met, and unfortunately, died in the summer of uh, '09. But Jimmy was the best, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, Jimmy was a really good friend right. uh, of mine, and I often wonder if. He would have been happy here at City Field yeah. because he he was just such a part of the Shea Stadium culture, which was different. Yeah, no question. So two big dates coming up in Lorraine Hamilton's life. One is sad for a lot of people. One is very happy. Let me start with the happy one. November 13th, one of the few women to be inducted to New York State Baseball Hall of Fame. What, is it, what does that mean to you? I, I was very excited to get that call, Jay, and I'll be following you and uh, Shannon Ford, right. which is a real honor. And just after all the years in the business and coming in at a time when women really didn't have that big a role in sports, I'm really proud to be able to represent the Mets organization and kind of give the women here something to uh, look forward to. And a sad day. At the end of the year, you're going to retire. Um, I, I am. I just, you know, I've had my 30-plus years in baseball, and there were a lot of things on my bucket list that I got to do this year, so I'm really proud of that. You know, know, your official title is is Executive Director of Broadcasting and Special Events, right? For me, what I'm really happy about the the Hall of Fame, you're finally going to get credit what you deserve. I know I'm going to forget some. You've been the lead person. Number of retirements, Jerry Kuzman, Keith Hernandez, uh, Mike Piazza, the special events, uh, closing of Shea, uh, 50th anniversary of the 69 team, 30th anniversary, 20th anniversary of the 86 team, the 9-11 game, and every opening day. 
I mean, how long did it take you to get in the hang to do all those things? Well, it really was not part of my job description, but when Bob Murphy retired, um, they asked me to plan an evening for him, and I did, and everyone was like, wow, she did a good job with that. Maybe she could run our events going forward. Um, and then we ended up getting a sponsorship from Chase for an alumni association, so we had some a budget to bring in former players, a torch which I've now handed over well, to you, Jay. Right. So that really gave me a great opportunity to get to know a lot of our former players, and then we started to have more formal anniversaries. We did the 20th anniversary of the 86 Mets at Shea Stadium, um, and I planned that. And I, I learned uh, to be very organized, create checklists and timelines, and there's a lot of planning that goes into these on-field events. You know, people think it's on the field, but you know what you did with the details, the, the, the transportation, the, the, the uh, taking care of the families, you know, tickets, uh, the timelines. How, you know, how hard was it to do, like, like the closing of Shea event, for instance? Well, I think you know now firsthand after planning Old Timers well, Day what goes help. into it. With but your help. Yeah, I mean, I think I had laid a pretty good template for people here. So, yeah, a lot goes into it. It starts with uh, invitations that go out to over 40 players and their families, then um, setting up all the flights, the ground transportation, the on field collateral, scripts, timelines hospitality, brunches, lunches, dinners, and and really just trying to make everyone feel welcome and, and happy to be there. And some big names at the closing of Shea, like Tom Seaver, Mike Piazza, Willie Mays, so Gary Carter, so people that you really want to take good care of and, and make them feel welcome. One, one scene in closing of Shea when Mike and, um, and Tom walked through the gates, that was a touching. Uh, that was a really big moment for me. And I think my favorite picture in my career here um, with the Mets is me handing the ball to Tom Seaver right. when he was getting ready to throw out the uh, final pitch at Chase Stadium. Talk about Tom for a second. You know, for me, with the driving force behind the statue, it was a long time coming. Everybody, I don't want to go into that, but you never let the ball drop. You always picked it up and not like a bird, nag some people. I to, did. <laughs> to, to keep it keep it going. And, I did. Yeah, I mean, that was special to you with a lot of the people here, right? I mean, yeah, I, I came to know Tom Seaver very well because as the manager of broadcasting and events, he was a broadcaster first. So I was working with him closely on his broadcast schedule, and then I started managing his other appearances. And I really got to be friendly with Tom, and I, I admired him so much. He was just a force of nature. He'd come into the office, knew everybody's name, made all of us feel so important. He was just a pleasure to be around. And when we moved to City Field, I really wanted to see him acknowledged in a big way, and I kept pushing. Um, and we did we did some small things. We had a Seaver entrance, and then in 2019, we uh, changed the address of the building to 41 Seaver Way. But I felt like the statue was the final piece of the puzzle, and I wasn't going to be happy until we got that statue commissioned. How, we, it was postponed by COVID, too, which was, it never seemed to, it was always a hiccup. Yes, right? yeah. <laughs> 
We were uh, planning to unveil the statue in 21, but there were a lot of delays around COVID. So it, it had to be postponed to opening day of this year. And not until that statue arrived at City Field did I feel comfortable. It was a real process, but I think that the artist, William Behrens, really captured him perfectly. And from the day it's been unveiled, we've got nothing but positive reviews from our fans and the Seaver family. So that was the main thing, to make them happy. Tell me, you know, people, you know, you know Tom probably better than anybody here, had a devilish sense of humor. Like to laugh. What I liked, we used to come through the hallways, like said hello to everyone, the elevator operators, and you know. But we, you, you went on some sponsored trips with him. I know. How was he to travel? What kind of fun jokester was he? Oh, he was just hilarious. He just had a crazy sense of humor. We would be on the elevator here, and you know, we'd start eating somebody's fries that they were holding, like a fan's, and the fan would have no idea it was Tom Seaver. And then they'd realize, and, and it would just be so funny. And if somebody had on a Tom Seaver, he'd go over and tell them to lean over, and he'd sign their backs, and they'd be like, who is this guy? But it was Tom, and he just, you know, he was so proud of his second career, which is, was his vineyard. And I got the opportunity to go out and see him in action there. And he just had this beautiful home with his wife, Nancy, who he adored. And he just... He was like a magical person, larger than life. Yeah. I never thought he I would badly. You remember when we got the call, was it August of? August the, of 20. For me, one of the toughest thing, events you we had to do was the closing of Shea because we, it played off the game, and we had to do it after the, after the game, which was tough for you to do, right? I mean, Yeah, that was really upsetting because whoever thought that we'd be closing a building and getting eliminated from the playoffs yeah. on the last game of the it season. It wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. And the same thing had happened in 2007. Right, and I was right. sitting with Shannon Ford in her office, and we were like, great, this could never happen again. Yeah, and I, yet it did. So, yeah, we were facing elimination. We had a rain delay to start the, right. start the game. Um, so it was a tough day for people. And a lot of the fans were so disheartened by the loss that they left before the closing ceremony. I don't know if you remember, remember in light thinning, they had a guy, we were losing by one run, and Ryan Church had a long fly ball to the outfield if he would have, would have been indifferent. But it still turned out great. We couldn't have done it before the game. It would have been a part No, of we couldn't do it before the game, and a lot of people criticized us for that. But right. the reason was that if, if we had delayed the start of the game further and then lost, people would have said the ceremony impacted the game. Yeah. So we had to be really careful yeah. about it. That game counted. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One of my favorite ceremonies was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. You know, was you know, we were so involved with all this stuff in one. What do you remember about that day? Oh, I, I remember, you know, that was a really big one to plan, Jay. And we, we were gonna be on ESPN, right. nationally televised, and uh, Tim Gunkel came up with the great idea of turning the house lights off and doing the moment of silence by candlelight. 
So we gave out electronic candles, battery-operated candles to all the fans and turned the house lights down. And we had, I think, over 400 first responders on the field. Um, and Tuesday's children right. came out of the dugouts with the players. I, it was just extremely emotional, and I, I had tears in my eyes. Yeah. And, and I think you did, too. I did, too. I did, yes. too. I, I, I did, too. But talk a little bit about, you know, with... with uh, with Mike, in addition to the number, you 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 helped plan his Hall of Fame thing in Cooperstown. What kind of an experience was that for you? So I didn't know Mike well the way I knew Tom. Tom right. was like a good friend, so planning events with him was easy. But I did get to know Mike when he had um, when he went into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, and I got to go up there and plan a party for him, which was a lot of fun. So I got to know him and his family. And I was really excited then to kind of bring him into the Mets fold. Um, and now he's been an ambassador for the club since since 2017. So Speak back to the ambassador. You really started the ambassador program. Now we, we have Mookie, uh, Todd, Zeal, Tim, and, and, uh, and Mike. How did that program originate, and what you know? What do you think it's done for the fans through the so years? So it really originated when Chase uh, came on board yeah. as a sponsor, and we created that formal alumni association. But we found that there was a real need from our fans to connect with our past. So even when the sponsorship went away, I kind of fought to continue to have former players having a presence at, at the ballpark. And they're so, like, Mookie Wilson, people just go crazy when they meet Mookie Wilson to this day. And Tim Tuffle and Todd Zeal's been a great addition as well. It's just, it connects people with the past to the present. And they do community sweep visits, sponsorship, ticketing events. It just works. The Hall of Fame is really, you built that from the beginning. When we moved in here, there was no Hall of Fame here. Now, how did that process start? I mean, now that I really cannot take credit for. I mean, I was always pushing for our history, right. but Tina Mannix, who was the executive, right, but you, ex executive director yeah. of marketing at the time, right, right. she really uh, championed the. Uh, but you picked up her mantle, though. I picked up the mantle from Tina, but she she started the process and she opened it. Um, yeah, and then I took over where she left off. So I I was fortunate enough to curate our history for four or five seasons. But we've been lucky now, and we actually have an an actual museum curator on staff. But how how do you get A and items every year? I mean, how, what's the process? Yeah, it, it was really a lot to learn. Honestly, it was like learning from the event side from the bottom yeah. up. Um, we have lenders, so we would. We would solicit from the lenders things that we were looking for to create whatever theme we were doing for the museum right. that year. Then we'd pick what items we were going to borrow. We'd intake the items. We'd do a quality check on the items, loan agreements. Um, and then we had an installation company actually come in and put the items into the uh, artifact cases. One guy I forgot to bring up, you had a special relationship with Ralph Kiner. I did. And he was... Uh, he, he was just a great guy, and he, at his age, he took his work so seriously with his little notebooks and prepared well. And tell tell us about what you your back and forth with Ralph. Uh, just Ralph was just a real gentleman and kind of a guy from another era. And and like you said, Jay, he would prepare his little index cards before he went on the air, 
And, you know, when he was getting older, I kind of just took over and took care of him when he came to do a broadcast. I'd have to meet him at the Hodges entrance and kind of wheel him up to the broadcast booth. But he was such a lovely man. And, you know, when he, about a week or two before he passed away, he called me from his home in uh, Palm Springs. And, you know, he said, I love you and thank you for all the support through the years. And it's it's pretty nice to have Ralph Kiner call you yeah. and say that to you. It makes you feel pretty special. Right. Let's talk about the other part of your job, the uh, liaison with SNY and the announcers and all the other stuff. What, tell me, what, what does that entail? Well, when I was working for... Uh, Mark Bingham, who was the VP of broadcasting, right. he kind of delegated a lot of the broadcasting um, requirements to me. So I started working closely with MLB and the rights holders. So I did all the day-to-day operations on broadcasting since 95, coordinating the production trucks, the camera positions, the booth space, any in-game enhancements, and then working closely with our radio and TV rights holders. So. SMY and CBS, and developing a, a great relationship with our TV talent and our radio talent. So also another very close friend is Howie Rose. Right. You, because of you waiting to rack, we kind of get close to these people. And unfortunately, a lot of these guys have been sick through the years. When you know, with Tom passing, Ralph passing, Murph passing, Howie had his issues. It's hard to see. It's hard to keep it not personal, right? It's got to be personal for you when. People like you and I who deal with these people all the time, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I personally care about them, and it's much more than a business relationship. When you're working, you know, in baseball and you have 81 home games and games can be six and seven hours, it's, it's just a different kind of relationship. And the other thing you did every year was playing the opening day ceremonies, right? I mean, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and that... That was always just a fun day, you know, to see the bunting around City Field yeah. and the green grass and just have somebody out there throwing out the first pitch, the Kiner family or, or whoever it was. It was always exciting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is is there one event is special to you? I mean, all the events you've championed, led, is there one thing that's more special to you than the other ones? I would say the two that really probably stand out the most for me, Jay, is is the closing of Shea Stadium and then this year opening day unveiling the Tom Seaver statue. Right. I, I think those two have a really special place in my heart, but also some really great memories along the way with some 86 and 69 reunions right. through the year. Um, through the years, I mean, I remember having uh, Jerry Kuzman, Tom Seaver, and Nolan Ryan throwing out the first pitch good. during the 40th anniversary um, of the 69 Mets. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then you have a special league with Ed Cranepool, what all the health that he's gone through. Oh, he- yeah. Ed's just been like a steady kind of 
guiding light. He's an, he's one of our former players who, you know, was with the Mets organization for his whole career, lives in New York, you know, would come to anything we needed him for, any kind of an appearance. I could call him at a moment's notice. He's just always been Steady Eddie. I think that was his right. nickname, and that's right. that's what he was for me. And he's he's also been through a, a heck of a lot with his health and his wife, and they're just dear people and dear friends. So November 13th, uh, you have a lot of family and co-workers up yeah, there. Yeah, my family and co-workers are going up to Troy, New York, Um I still haven't figured out where that is, Jay. I think you went last year, so you can let me know. Uh, well, I, I, I'm on right <laughs> after I slept in the car, so I have no idea where it is. But it'll be a great night. And I think uh, Todd Zeal told me he's going to be up there yeah, for you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're coming yes, yeah. and, and other coworkers and my family's coming. So I'm really proud. It's kind of a nice uh, nice way to end my career. Well, you know what, Lorraine? One thing I said earlier that... It's great you're getting some credit what you did. You were always the person behind the scenes, never out front. I know you hate the notoriety part of it, but you know it's good that you're getting the credit for all the stuff that you did here. And, well, I um, appreciate that, Jay, and I feel good that you're carrying the torch with the uh, alumni. Not and as the good as you did, but we'll, we'll no, see. No, I think just as good. And also, you, you know, your heart is in the right place with our history, and the two of us, I think, have been real champions for our former players through the years. Yeah. I think we both. We both really want the best for them. When when, you, when I got into this a little bit, I really picked up where you started. So I think you give me a base to work from, and, and I'll continue in your honor. But next year, when I walk by your desk, it's, it's going to be different not you being there. Yeah, it's going to be different for me, yeah. too. I, I can't imagine waking up and not coming to work at the Mets. Well, it's going to be an adjustment. Well, listen, you'll always be a part of Mets history, and I really thank you. When I started here, I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, thank you, Jay. And, and thanks for all your help, and best of luck, whatever you do. I learned a lot from you, well, and I, I appreciate all the wisdom that you passed well, on to me through the years. Okay, and, and the one thing that you really taught me the most is the relationships are what counts. Right, and, no question. And to make any of these events or... Any of the things we do is success. You really have to have those relationships. You have to let people know you care, right? You do. And you have to really care. You have to really care. <laughs> yeah. And they, they can't and be just important. a stat or, you know, and these guys are not stupid. And the only guy, the one thing which you taught me is that, is that they just want to be part of the family. You let them you know, give a phone call. Exactly. You know, you would call it, how you feeling, Ed? How you feeling, Monica? How you feeling, Art? And he used to speak to Tom all the time. And, sure, and Rusty. And, we didn't talk about yeah, Rusty. Yeah, Rusty. I mean, I mean Rusty yeah. was another person that well, you had, we had a special relationship with. I, I mean, did, and so did you. Yes. But he was a, an ambassador for the team yeah. for over 20 years and did amazing charity work in the community and so much around 9-11. Right. And, again, became a really close personal friend and went through a tremendous amount of health problems. You, you got to see him at the end, right? I did. I yeah. got to see him in the hospital yeah. and held his hand. And yeah. the last thing he said was, you know, I'm going to try to be there for your opening day. Yeah, he died on opening day? He died on, on opening, opening day. day. I remember yeah. Dr. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so he was another person. Um, and Keith, actually, Keith Hernandez, yes, called me that morning. And Keith's been another tremendous uh, friend and, and supporter. And I was really thrilled this year to be able to retire Keith's number. That meant a lot to me as well. Well, again, thank you for all you've done, Lorraine, and we'll, I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Lorraine. Thank you.